0: Picture a concrete apartment tower standing 20 stories tall. Now imagine the entire tower rising into the air until it stands one story off the ground. You're left with a slice of empty space where the ground floor used to be. Now add a few items to this space. Structural columns to support the building. Tables and chairs and benches made from poured concrete or bolted to the floor. Bicycle racks. Mailboxes. Finally, add some people. Children playing tag. Teenagers hanging out at night or hurrying home from school. Adults collecting the mail and carrying their shopping to the nearby elevator. Elderly men and women chatting in the shade. This is no imaginary space. It's a unique public space at the base of most of Singapore's public housing blocks that's called a void deck. Despite its name, however, there's nothing empty about a void deck. It is a stage for the mundane unfolding of everyday life, and a place where some of life's most important events may occur. First steps, first dates, weddings, holidays, funerals. Indeed, the void deck expands the boundaries of home, providing a safe, breezy space for socializing and play located a quick elevator ride from your residence. This is Home on the Dot. I'm Chris McMorin. Happy National Day and welcome to Season 2 of this podcast exploring the power and meaning of home in Singapore. In this episode, we explore the void deck. In Season 1, we devoted an episode to the HDB, or Housing Development Board, and its public housing flats that are home to 80% of Singapore's population. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, titled happy dream blocks, please do. It's still one of my absolute favorites. In this episode, we return to the topic of the HDB to examine one of its quirkiest features, the void deck. Over the past few years, as I've come to learn what home means to my students, they have shared with me some fascinating insights on void decks. They have emphasized how life often spills outside the door of the HDB flat and into the void deck, In a country where only the wealthy can afford private outdoor living space like a yard, the void deck is playground, backyard, front porch, and community center all rolled into one. It offers escape from a nagging spouse or a nosy parent. And it can also be transformed into a wedding hall or a funeral parlor. I've come to see The Void Deck as Singapore's version of the Room of Requirement. In the Harry Potter novels, this is a special room that only appears when a student desperately needs it. Then, the room not only appears, but it also becomes precisely the space needed. In this episode of Home on the Dot, we tell you about Singapore's magical room of requirement, The Void Deck. On this national day, let's celebrate the quirky space shared across the country, has the potential to bring us all together. In this episode, Dana, a third-year Japanese studies major, guides us through the void by examining the history and purpose of the void deck. Through a conversation with a childhood friend, she also reflects on how their friendship was shaped by a void deck, and how the void deck has changed over the years for both her and the nation. She also visits a void deck that is a favorite spot for bird lovers. She learns about the origins of this unique space, and she speaks with some folks who regularly take their pet birds there to sing. Finally, we hear from Professor Robbie Goh, a scholar who has written about the shifting meanings of the void deck in Singapore. Please stay tuned.
1: With about 80% of Singapore's population, While over 3 million people currently residing in HDB flats, their void decks are an integral part of residents' everyday lives. Yet, this unique space was not always part of the HDB housing blocks. In fact, the first decade of Singapore's public housing in the 1960s saw HDB's residences on the ground level. Beginning in the 1970s, HDB tried something new, building its new housing blocks without ground floor flats which left an open space with several public amenities. This became known as the void deck, which served as part of HDB's efforts to create a common shared space for residents to interact and build a communal identity. Today, void decks serve as gathering places for all residents. Occasionally, the space is transformed into a place of mourning for a loved one who has passed, as is the case for Chinese residents. Or it can be used for celebrations such as when Indian families like sparklers they are doing Tipa Valley or when Malay families adorn the void deck in colourful drips and lightings and turn it into a wedding venue. For many children, the void deck is a spacious covered playground, an intermediary space between school and home where we could be ourselves and let our imaginations roam. I remember when I was seven, school ended at 1pm and I would rush home with my friend Muwe for lunch. She lived nearby. If lunch wasn't ready, our moms would let us play games at the void deck, like Eagle and the Chicks, a variation of TAG. Over the years, Muwi and I continued to build our friendship at our shared void deck. Even after we went separate ways to different secondary schools, we continued to meet at the void deck to chat about our school lives, our exam results, our classmates and our futures. From those early days of playing TAG to long conversations about our current university lives, Mu and I have shared so many significant moments in the Void Deck. I recently sat down with her to talk about what the Void Deck means to us, how we use this precious base over the years, and how Void Decks may be changing for the next generation. I began by asking Mu to reflect on the importance of the Void Deck to her. So I think, yeah, we do feel
2: a sense of attachment to the Void Decks. Uh, because we we used to spend quite a lot of time at the void decks together, right? Mm. Yeah, so it's sort of a common memory for us. Mm. Yeah, mm, so we used to play games together, like catching and all those things. Yeah, so I feel like mm,
1: sometimes we also
2: just sit at the void deck to talk after class mm. or during holidays that kind. So it's a place that has many shared memories for us. Huh?
1: Cause mm-hmm. we we were both in the same class and mm-hmm. um not sure how it happened but we both realized that we stayed just opposite each other. Yeah. And then I was also um attending tuition at the childcare downstairs. Uh-huh. Or I was usually at the void decks. Yeah. Yeah, and then um ever since we knew, then sometimes we were just like ask each other to come down and play mm-hmm. if you are free.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we also walk back from school together since we mm. live so close. And sometimes after school If we reach there a bit earlier We'll just sit down and talk Then mm. we just
1: Yeah we should talk until Maybe like one of our parents asks yeah. us to come up and <laughs> Just eat yeah. already Like stop spending time exactly so right yeah. Despite the white deck's concrete floor And similar looking pillars Its open spaces provide versatility For residents to use it as they wish Likewise for me and Wei, It was a playground we never asked for And later A comfy spot to talk When we couldn't afford Starbucks It was a space outside home, yet still strangely familiar. For these 12 years, the void deck has been an irreplaceable spot for us to maintain our friendship.
0: For Dana and Moué, the void deck was their room of requirement. It was exactly the space they needed over the years, gradually changing from a place of play to a place to chat. It was close to home, but away from their parents, where they could just hang out when they had nowhere else to go. The Void Deck might seem like a random architectural afterthought, and not worth taking seriously, but there's a surprising amount of research on this Singaporean housing quirk. One Void Deck scholar is Robbie Go, professor in the Department of English Language and Literature at NUS, and dean of the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences. In a paper cleverly titled Things to avoid. He wrote about people who use the void deck because they have no other place to go. People who are not wanted in other places or even in their own homes. I asked him about such people and how they use the void deck.
3: Well, I was one of them actually. Um, So that's how the the thing started. Uh, When I was a child, we would often visit, my, my mother would visit her relatives. And they would sit and, and gap for hours, as people of that generation of the age must do. And, and I had absolutely nothing to do. Right. And the HDB flats were often small, uh, already crowded with relatives. So I would hang out in a void deck, basically. And uh, sometimes I'd get into a friendly soccer game. That was before void decks banned uh, soccer uh, play, uh, in and around the vicinity. These days, I still see, uh, when, when I go through certain void decks, I still see a lot of elderly people Um, And they really look as though they've got nothing else to do but hang out in the void decks. They're hoping to see somebody. You know, they they sit there for hours. I do my errands and I come back. Sometimes I see them, you know, an hour later. They're still there. Uh, They're waiting just for... They're just passing time, basically, right? Uh, And then sometimes we see, uh, uh, unfortunately, teenagers indulging in unhealthy habits as well. You know, they're all wasting, really wasting time. They could be doing something more productive, but they hang around there. And one surmises it's because they have no other place to socialise. You know, I mean, uh, of course, places like Starbucks, McDonald's are, are possible hangouts, but they, they cost money, right? Void decks are completely free. So it does look as though it's still... The
1: elderly and teenagers may still use the void deck. But We and I wonder if the next generation of kids still uses the void deck as a playground like we did.
2: It's gotten quite uh, a lot quieter recently. Mm. I feel like the children nowadays they don't really go down to play at the void decks as much, yeah, or even at the playgrounds for that matter, mm. yeah. But if they spend more time at home now, mm. yeah, I mean I think there's a few reasons. Huh? it could be because you know like they have technology and they just like to watch TV or play computers or those, or just play with their phones, iPads, yeah. So that could be one of the reason. But I think another reason is maybe that now the adults are more concerned about safety. Yeah. So last time, I mean, our parents could just let us go down and play and that kind. But now I think not many parents still allow their children to do that. Mm, exactly.
1: For us, the void deck was an extension of our living room, a place that compensated for whatever space for play or socialising we lack at home. It seems kids nowadays, like Muwei's 11-year-old sister, might be content within the comfort of their own home or happy meeting friends at a shopping mall. Instead of meeting in person, they might also prefer to communicate online. It also seems more activities that used to take place in void decks are being closely regulated. For instance, there have long been signs at the void decks prohibiting bicycles, ball games, rollerblading and scooters. Some newer blocks have even installed railings in the middle of these spaces, which make it difficult to play freely. While well-intentioned, these regulations may come at a price, changing what used to be a space of possibility into a more regulated
0: and quieter environment. I asked Professor Goh about this increased regulation. So reflecting on her own childhood, our student producer Dana recalls the void deck as what she calls a space of possibility, where she was free to play. In recent years she feels the void deck has gotten quieter with fewer children playing there. Is this due to increased regulation of it, the space?
3: It is. It is. Uh, and it's necessary, really, because, as I said, in, in the, the old good old days when I was a kid, you know, there was a kind of a, a mutual arrangement, a kind of bricolage, sensible bricolage uh, uh, going on. Uh, it was less regulated. It was probably frowned upon still to use the void debt for things like kicking a ball around mm. or cycling because you would still get in people's way. Uh, but It could be those, dangerous. It could yeah. be dangerous. But in those days, everything seemed to be a lot more relaxed. I guess there was the population pressure was was less as well. So there's kind of an absolute uh, physical constraint, absolute physical reasons for that as well. Uh, so correspondingly, and, and things have gotten a lot faster. Everything's gotten faster. <laughs> yeah, Even the kids are bigger and faster these days. But uh, mostly it's because of technology and devices, and so on and so forth, uh, I think the regulation has been really, really necessary. But it does mean that the Void Deck, uh, it, it's much more common to see old folks occupying the Void Deck, plus of course the kind of official reasons that HDB allows, such as holding uh, funerals and, and those funerals kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, but less the kind of spontaneous play that was a characteristic of my childhood.
1: Despite the crackdown on certain users of Void Decks, some activities remain untouched. Just five minutes from my home, dozens of men gather every weekend at a void deck with their birds. Each uncle hangs his bird cages on the rows of poles hanging from the ceiling. This is not a common sight in HDB void decks, and this particular void deck has provided a space for a long rooted bird singing tradition to continue. It has given a passionate community of bird owners the space to thrive. I recently visited the void deck and chatted with the uncles, who were eager to share how these bird singing corners came to be.
4: Actually, uh, we started mm-hmm. this one uh, about, I think, more than 20 years ago. Uh.
0: More than 20 years ago. Uh,
4: we started from a very small portion of the place to hang bird. Mm-hmm. So when a lot of the residents here, uh, we mm-hmm. see we have got the same interest. Uh. Mm-hmm. So my opinion, uh, and most of us uh, mm-hmm. getting together, not, uh, mm-hmm. like Malay, Chinese, all oh, we mix together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we, we build up this place. Mm-hmm. But request from the, of course, authority no, uh, so like when people. they let let us do this we do some collection mm. we, we do ourselves
1: mm.
4: and
1: so you're just like apply like, to uh, town something council something like
4: that or or we, we, we to go we, uh, no we just ask permission from the town council oh, okay,
0: okay, uh, from
4: the RC or what. so mm. then when they give the green light uh,
0: mm.
4: then we poke out uh, everyone mm. come out with you share, what to be like this uh, we call it arena the bird arena, arena uh, yeah. because the other places to hang around like big arena, we, this one can consider big arena, it con- can consume until 300 like for this Mataputis species uh, mm. until 300 birds uh. uh, this kind of place uh, there's, only, there's a few uh, in Singapore uh, one in Bedok the other one in Amokyo uh, and Serangoon People, uh, bird player come from every corner, you know. some from Bedok, some from uh, Serangoon, anywhere like Amokyo, Isun, come here But your bird, uh, we keep this bird, you cannot play at one place only. You, know. you must play, chain, we travel uh, around Singapore uh, so that the bird uh, will be very you know, open to, uh, I mean not scared of people. Uh.
1: As we stood beneath a ceiling of bird cages, the uncles explained how they had collected the money and developed this special bird arena in what was otherwise just another void deck. This place has become deeply meaningful to the men. They brought their treasured pets from across the island to this place to share time with their friends and listen to birds singing. Just imagine, as many as 300 birds hanging from 300 cages, all providing a joyous soundtrack to a Saturday morning. It was an amazing experience. I grew up walking past this bird arena, but I didn't realise it was organised, funded, and built by the nearby residents. I also didn't realise that it attracted bird lovers from all around the island. I thought it was just a place for locals. I learned that this void deck was an ideal location due to many nearby car parks, a coffee shop, and a public toilet. Bird owners want to expose their pets to different environments on a regular basis, and this void deck is one of the several places these men take their pets. This void deck has even helped some users cross paths with old friends. For instance, the uncle I spoke to and his friends were once childhood friends and were brought together again after many years because of this sport. Some of us are
4: childhood friends. Oh, childhood friends.
1: Uh, we
4: started from the age of 12,
1: hmm. 13,
4: we, we started playing birds already. So uh,
1: since like 12 years you've been living around here? Like living uh, in the same area at least Sometimes for...
4: we are... Uh, no. Actually, some of us stay at different places. Mm. So when we ship to around here, uh, mm. then we contact each other to meet. Uh. Oh, so it's more of, like,
1: you're just... During my fieldwork, I spoke with another uncle who felt that the place helped him in other ways. So y'all have been here since morning? Yes, uh, since
4: morning till about 2pm.
1: 2pm? So you are just chit until then? Talk talk until 2pm. For those who do not have to work, they can even stay till 4pm. This is a public space. Never mind one, this one. Just talk. Go drink a cup of coffee and then come back to talk again. It's been like that. Just keeping in touch with friends, chatting. Uh, like that also no problem even
4: If not, you go and gamble also no use. Also no good. So end up playing with birds.
1: For this uncle, this hobby and this place have helped him avoid bad habits like gambling. One of the highlights of my day was seeing some uncles spontaneously dancing. It reminded me of a house with a big family, all related, not in blood, but in bond. Void decks have continually evolved over the years. With the increased housing demand and limited space in Singapore, newer public housing models are built taller and less wide. This means void decks are also shrinking, relocated or even removed. In some newer HDB blocks, the void deck has been elevated and transformed into an environmental deck. The best-known example of the elimination of a void deck on the ground floor of an HDB is the pinnacle at Duxton HDB complex which won two prestigious international design competitions. Instead of a void deck on the ground floor, it has a sky bridge on the 26th floor which links across all seven blocks. This elevated space also includes facilities like an outdoor gym, a playground and even a residence committee centre. However, non-residents cannot enter, which has turned the previous public space of the void deck into a more exclusive one. While residents of newer HDB blocks have many amenities built for their convenience, they don't have the blank slate, the open space in which they can create something uniquely theirs. From a child's playground to a bird lover's escape, the void deck can be nearly anything to anyone. I cherish my memories of my own void deck, particularly the friendship I made and the freedom I had to play creatively. As I look back on my exploration of Singapore's void decks, I realise that despite the emptiness of the void deck, Residents of all ages have been making something out of nothing in this malleable space. Hooray for the void!
0: I couldn't agree more, Dana. Hooray for the void! On this National Day 2019, let's take a moment to celebrate this architectural oddity and its incredible flexibility. When we think about home, we tend to think first about our residents. But home often spills out the front door, into the shared spaces around us encompassing the spaces and people in our neighborhoods. Taking some time to appreciate and nurture those shared spaces can help us reconceptualize home as something far more inclusive than just our residents. It can bring home out into the void. This episode was produced by Dana Lee, with sound design by Johan Tan and David Chu. Special thanks to Professor Robbie Goh, Dana's friend Muay, and the uncles who welcomed Dana to the Jurong West Bird Singing Corner. Check out our blog to access transcripts of all our episodes and links to news and academic articles on every topic. You can also find photos of different void decks around Singapore, as well as profiles of our student producers. We're located at tinyurl.com home on the dot. Thank you for listening.